I had something happen to me today. I was, and you maybe have had the same experience. I live here in Los Angeles. I was driving to work today on the old 101 freeway, and I was looking around, and I noticed so many people driving next to me on their phones, not even looking at where they were going. Yeah. Have you noticed this? It's crazy. Yes. And this is the deal. Apparently, apparently, nationwide distracted driving is up 10% since last year. Yeah. No, I looked that up on the phone while I was driving. Yeah. Hmm. Saw that uh, punchline coming. <laughs> What's so... that in the distance, Pa? That's, that's a punchline, son. So one of the stories of the day coming is our way. Julian Assange, who runs WikiLeaks, who had been hiding in an embassy in London for years. Ecuador. I guess the old guy who ran Ecuador, he liked him. And the new guy doesn't like him. The, like, Get the out. Brits said, ah, or the Ecuadorians said, ah, come on in and get him. We're kind of tired of his act. Seven years. So they just opened the door? Can you imagine a guest using your guest bedroom? Seven years. So they just opened the door and let the British police come in and arrest him and carry him out. So mm-hmm. he's under arrest now, and we'll see what happens from there. But one in interesting... your other headline, he has a beard like David Letterman. Back to you. Extradition trial I heard just announced for May 2nd. So oh. there's going to be some... Oh, pretty really? soon. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bit cool. of a delay, though. So, uh, here's one interesting angle of it. So, it's tied into, at the time, Bradley Manning, now Chelsea Manning, who was a a low-level person in the military, who was able to copy off all this secret stuff and put it on a thumb drive and send it to Julian Assange. Why the military allowed that clearly troubled person... Um, I don't mean troubled because of the sex change. I mean troubled because every indication was he hated the military and had all kinds of problems. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and um, quite the history of it. Why you allow him to have access to, to information like that and release it to Julian Assange, I don't know. But so we're seeing pictures on the cable news of Chelsea Manning. Bradley Manning became Chelsea Manning. Yeah. And I, I just thought it was interesting. Fox is using the most glamorous... Beautiful, he he's pretty hot woman, Bradley Manning pictures, yeah, yeah. Chelsea Manning pictures. Whereas a lot of the other cable channels are just using regular photos where he, he you know, this is, un, the, wow. how do I say, that? how do I not sound mean here? Minefield, minefield. How do I not sound mean here? But he, he she, she's not, not an attractive woman. Um, The only reason I bring it up is not to criticize how attractive she is, because I'd just be mean spirited. Sounds but like you are, but it, go on. I just think it's interesting that Fox is going with the, these were done by a photographer with the right, right. light and makeup right. shots well, for Chelsea Fox. Manling, and the other channel channels are just uh, here. Here, here, she is walking down the street, right? Not looking quite so glam. Fox is notable for two things: number one, they're more conservative than most media outlets; number two, they got hot chicks on all day long. But even for people that, well, of uh, course, did, all cable channels do. Even for people that made the transition, they go with uh, here's the hottest picture we could find. Of her. Sure, why not? Huh? Never oil up her legs. I'll be darned. Oh, yeah. Got a couple of texts a I should odd. mention. Have, have any of us watched, actually watched the Seattle homeless documentary? I've just seen like highlights in a trailer. I've not watched the whole thing. I have not watched the whole thing either. To my discredit, I should. I really should. Um, so the guy was interviewed the other day who did it. We should, we should, we should interview him. We obviously should. Uh, King County, uh, where Seattle is currently spending $1 billion a year, $80,000 per homeless person, according to that documentary. That's a stunning number. You spend a billion dollars on the homeless, you wouldn't expect to see a single homeless person on the streets. Right. And they, they, they live in a nice apartment and drive a nice car. <clears throat> and at $80,000 per person per year, you actually could live in an apartment and have a decent car. Yes. Um, but that hasn't happened. 
Uh, but this, then this person texted it. So I haven't seen the movie. Do you know if this is true or not? You should find the time to watch the Seattle documentary about homelessness. The police and taxpaying residents uh, of the state say it's 100% an addict problem, not a homeless problem. Politicians keep oh, calling yeah. it a homeless problem. The money's not going toward the drug part. It's going through all kinds of other stuff. It's an addict problem. Yes. Yeah, it absolutely makes that point. And it may be, I mean, there's a huge addiction element to it in all of your West Coast cities that are now just clogged with bums and junkies and weirdos. I think it may vary city to city. Seattle is the go-to destination for the young hipster junkie who just wants to live that lifestyle. It's it's mecca for junkies. Portland, also. San Francisco, definitely. So what am I as a citizen, as a as a uh, allegedly kind citizen walking down the street, if it's all junkies, what is my uh, emotional Im- impact supposed to be compared to mentally ill people? Mentally ill people have no hope. of it. They can't help themselves. What are they supposed to do? Well, according to the activist do-gooders, you're supposed to group them all together and have great sympathy and spend lots of money on them. Which is the problem with activist do-gooders. No matter how low the numbers are for rehabs and all that sort of stuff. And that's for people who voluntarily go. Mm -hmm. People who go on their own. The numbers are incredibly low for success. Right. I'm supposed to believe, I'm supposed to, as a taxpayer, give money to people that have no interest in going, force them to go, and then and then what? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Used to deal with it by, you know, listen, human beings are complex beasts, but we can't have bums and junkies laying around the sidewalks where people are trying to live their lives and do business, so you get them out of town. You're a, you a, drop them off at the edge of town, and if they come back, you drop them off again or arrest them. You're a drunk to the point that you can't support yourself. Right. You got to get out of town. Yeah. You're a bum. That's interesting. People generally rise or fall to the level that you set the bar of behavior at. It's true of school kids. It's true of, you know, human beings in general. Sports teams. It's it's a huge part of sports psychology, not playing down to the level of your competition. You don't, if you're playing, it happens all the time. Good teams lose to weak teams because they're just not trying very hard. Um, and, and, you know, if you made it functionally nearly impossible to be a junkie, you would cut down the number of junkies in Seattle in half. In half. Some people would die, but they already are. Right. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and then what's the alternative? If you have an alternative, let me know. I don't know what the alternative is. But, I, you know, the yep. people dying, I wouldn't feel responsible for that because if you're seriously seeking uh, treatment for your addiction, there's help. There's absolutely help out there. So, yeah, spending zillions of dollars, though, to try to turn their lives around for them? No, no. When you decide you want to do it, you let me know. And and listen, you know more about the whole addiction thing and then the AA thing than I do, but... You know, if you're constantly busting your butt to make sure an addict doesn't hit bottom, I don't think you're doing them a favor, necessarily. How can you spend a billion dollars on the homeless situation and you have the worst homeless problem you've ever had? Well, that's... You've already spent the billion dollars. It's worse now than it was five years ago. Right. Well, I will concede that there are a couple of factors like the rising cost of housing, particularly in your coastal uh, areas. Then you got to go somewhere else. Well, right, yeah, and oh, I'm just I'm trying to be fair. And you know, it, there there is a disparity. There, you know, uh, wages at the bottom end of the economic scale. I don't understand of, how that can play a role. I really don't. 
It just, well, if you insist on staying in one place, it does, <laughs> but, but that's not but so, my problem. So I'm supposed to picture somebody went from, I'm in an apartment, I somehow managed to get by with rent for this apartment, whether right. a crappy job or I'm doing something illegal or whatever, I have an apartment. Mm-hmm. It got too expensive for me to afford the apartment, so I just went ahead and lived on the street. Right. Who makes that decision? Lots of people. Well, well that ain't my problem. If they made right. that decision, right. that is not my problem at all. Right. Well, you're a you're a cruel, bitter, old conservative. How dare you, sir? And the sir. kind people spend a billion dollars of taxpayers' money, and they're still on the street. You haven't done anything. Right. So that makes you a kind person. Though. Exactly. You're, you're compassionate and kind because you took yes. somebody else's money. You confiscated their money, correct. And, and gave it to the problem, though it didn't right. improve at least right. their kind and compassion, as opposed to the person who says, screw it. Right. Yeah, uh, okay. It's a good argument to have. It is a conscience without practicality. As I say, compassion without discipline. And it's it's a disaster. The mentally ill people, you got to help them. I mean, just because there's no way they can take care of themselves. Yeah, yeah. But how I, about how? Here's a good example for you. Yeah, we can go to break. That's fine. Um, you got lots and lots of homeless people in Silicon Valley. Seriously, a two thousand square foot house on a postage stamp lot will cost you a million dollars there. Now, if you're not crazy rich, there's no reason to be living there. Right. So if you're a bum, there's no chance in hell you'll ever have housing in Silicon Valley. Why are you in Silicon Valley? Unless they have the most programs to give you food and whatever else, or people are whatever. So we need to address uh, a couple of harsh criticisms of the program. I'm not looking forward to that. Uh, uh, Constructive criticism? Or what's the term? Radical honesty? Radical honesty, radical candor, some people call it. It's a hot new thing. We'll talk about that, too. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So Assange has been arrested. Julian Assange has been arrested. Marshall will mention that in his news. Snowden has made a comment. That's where we first heard of Julian Assange. Oh, yeah. When Edward Snowden released a whole bunch of information that was a benefit to... uh, America in some ways, and that we found out that they were spying on us. Even the Congress people who wrote the law didn't know that was happening. Yeah, there were aspects of it that were good. They exposed violations of our civil civil liberties. There were aspects of it that they were way over the line. Yeah, it did a tremendous amount of damage. Yeah. to the country. Um, so on, I know you're about to talk about give us some radical honesty. Well, maybe from emailers or texters yeah, or whatever. yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell everyone about how shitty you are. See, that's destructive criticism. Guy in 60 Minutes Sunday night, businessman, famous investor. His name is, what's his name, Sean? Ray Dalio. Ray Dalio. For some reason, I can't remember this guy's name. Anyway, 
Um, he uh, he was talking about radical honesty and how that's uh, catching on. And we've heard radical candor. It's just a, it's a thing, I guess, among your among your people at the top of companies mm-hmm. who like the latest hot thing. That's the latest hot thing, right? Uh, radical honesty, and the 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 key to it is, I guess, you're you're fairly blunt or whatever. Right, and they without asked, being hurtful, and that's what I'm hoping for you when you get into this okay. with our with our show. Okay, but um, uh, so this uh, Ray Gallio said, uh, who was asked on 60 Minutes, so doesn't that sometimes hurt people's feelings and everything like that? And he and he said, well, yeah, it can, but does it hurt their feelings more than when corporations put out these uh, letters or statements that everybody knows is bull bleep? Ah, and yes. I thought, wow, that's the first time I've ever heard anybody say that, right? That's the first time I've ever heard anybody high up on a company say, yeah, you put out these letters and statements, and there's not a single person in the company reading it who who believes it. No, everybody says, that what a bunch of bull bleep. Yeah. So is that better than radical honesty or radical candor? Well, yeah. okay. Well, actually, it, the, the concept of it, it's, it's much easier in, in theory than in practice of because course. you've got to be good at it. And you have to have a fair amount of emotional intelligence and sure, of course, same as and be, just regular intelligence. The same as having a, you know difficult, honest conversations in in real life. Yeah, it's just it's all it's all about the approach and the wording and the timing and all right. kinds of things. It, it reminds me the concept reminds me very much of the way uh, I observed submarines running on the occasions I had uh, when my my brother was in the submarine service, still is actually um, watching how because they have. It's billions of dollars of equipment and and many, many, many lives at stake. So there's no, well, you know, Jones over there, he can't navigate for squat, but I don't know. I don't don't feel like arguing with him. You know, there's none of that. There's none of that. Somebody makes a mistake. It becomes immediately clear what mistake was made, why it was made, who made it, and what can be done to rectify it in the future. It's just absolutely essential. Then you flog them, I guess, because it's a submarine? Well, right. Yeah, then the cat of nine tails come out. (laughs) Right. Uh, There's a flogging or two. (laughs) Then a little sodomy, then some rum. Exactly. Ah, no. And uh, so that's that's a great example of it in practice. But the military goes to a hell of a lot of trouble trying to figure out who's really good at that, who's really good at leadership. You know, in, in some companies, it's just, you know, well, they, 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 there are other standards by which people get elevated. So, anyway, it's probably enough on that. Uh, let's see. So, the criticism of us, a couple of things. Number one, uh, this is uh, Shannon. It's a girl-style Shannon. I can only take so much of hearing Joe try to, ex- that's me, try to explain incorrectly what an event horizon is. This is black holes for dummies. Oh, yeah. The first, first photo ever of a black hole came out. And I said an event horizon is once you get to that place, there's no escaping the black hole. Okay? Here's a simplified and general explanation of black holes. Uh, black hole, massive compact body, star collapse. It has a, it's a, it's a big body to collapse to a tiny, tiny thing, so it has incredible gravity, Right? And we don't have time for the, the greater explanation of that, but on to the event horizon, says you Shannon. You want to Google it. Shannon, who says I've been incorrect. <clears throat> to leave a planet or other space body, you must travel at or above a speed called the escape velocity. Depends on the mass of the planet and your distance from its center. That's the great expense of space travel is just getting out of Earth's gravity. I know that. Planets or objects with more mass will have a higher escape velocity. Uh, since the black hole has so much mass condensed into a small volume, there is a region where the escape velocity exceeds the speed of light. Whoa! Yes. Didn't know that. 
right. The event horizon is simply the line where the escape velocity equals the speed of light. Therefore, nothing would be visible beyond the event horizon, hence the name black hole, because nothing including light can escape the gravitational pull. What was the thing in the middle? Huh? (laughs) I'm confused. Yeah, but here's my... I didn't know gravity... Or I'd forgotten that gravity has an effect on light. That's a weird concept. John Mayer, gravity, Michael. Be a good song to go out with. Since we're talking so much about the G word. Or Muse, (laughs) supermassive black hole, please. Little rock for you. So a black hole does not suck things in. It continues to exert the same gravitational pull as it did pre-collapse. It just occupies a lot less galactic real estate. Hmm. So the event horizon is the the place at which nothing can escape, which is exactly what I said, (laughs) Shannon. (laughs) Shannon a girl. Shannon. Girl Shannon. Girl With your fancy words and your knowledge. Please. And then this one. Do we have time for this? This is really interesting. You know what? I don't want to rush through this. This email, sincerely written, signed, guy signs it first name and last, even has his phone number and the rest of it. That's how you know when somebody's serious, when they get their phone number to their address. I'm not hiding from this comment. I mean it. I'm trying to figure out how to characterize this without giving it away. This email might be Exhibit A. It ought to be in a museum for the modern age of people living in bubbles. Mm. This criticism we got. Now that's a good tease. Yeah, I hope so. What's coming up in your news? I do this for a living. What's coming up in your news, Marsha Phillips? Edward Snowden, another infamous leaker weighing in on the arrest of Julian Assange. So the doorway to the embassy, very much like an event horizon. It was a place (laughs) at which he couldn't escape. (laughs) And scientists have come up with a birth control pill for men. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. came across a statement from Jeff Bezos uh, that is really interesting. Could change the way you look at your business. Wow. Also, somewhere, for some reason, there's got a neighborhood where people are finding bowls of mashed potatoes in their front yard, and nobody knows why. Mm. It's in Mississippi. If that was a poisonous trap, I'd be dead. That's the perfect bait for me. Oh, yeah. Warm mashed potatoes. You got some gravy on there or butter and salt and pepper? Mm. I'd eat it. You'd have me captured. Like a dumb beast. Wake up with my kidneys gone. (laughs) Exactly. Probably. Exactly. Nobody has any idea what it is. Bunch of different houses. You have any guess as to why mashed potatoes are showing up? I'll tell you what it is. Hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, I'll tell you, this is quite the day. Federal prosecutors now saying attorney Michael Avenatti has just been charged in a 36-count federal indictment in California. Details in the case are going to be released by the IRS later today. 36-count. Man, he's one of the fastest rise and falls. Yeah. So is he running for president or not, Marshall? <laughs> At this point, he is not. Meanwhile, <laughs> he was said to be a favorite of Democrats. Did he know this was all going to blow up in his face because he knew how he'd been living his life? That's an interesting question. I don't know. Is he, I, is I think he, he, like Paul Manafort, just figured he'd get away with it forever. Is he a character like Paul Manafort where the worst thing that ever happened to him was getting into the whole Trump orbit where you get so much scrutiny? Yes. Paul Manafort had been doing that forever. Yeah. All of a sudden, get all the scrutiny of the Trump presidency and you get caught. Same with maybe with Avenatti. Right. Caught doing totally unrelated stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
Whistleblower Edward Snowden is weighing in, saying today's arrest of WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange is a dark moment for press freedom. No, shut up. Assange arrested by British police inside the Ecuadorian embassy after he spent the last seven years there under diplomatic protection. Snowden, who's claiming asylum in Russia after being charged for leaking classified military and diplomatic cables, tweeted that, quote, images of Ecuador's ambassador inviting the UK's secret police into the embassy to drag a publisher of like-it-or-not award-winning journalism out of the building are going to end up in the history book. Is he a publisher or a spy? That is the question. I, the beholder. How did he not remember when he disappeared? the jury. Remember when he disappeared for a while? Yeah. And people just assumed he'd show up in Russia, right? Mm-hmm. That he'd, you know, all of a sudden be in Moscow. That's where Snowden Like is, Snowden, right? a tool of Putin. Yeah. I wonder how Snowden is treated in Russia. I don't know. Don't know. I imagine he's probably being treated pretty well. Maybe, you know? maybe not. I don't, I don't think badly. I've, I've read enough about you know, people who've defected and, you know, through the years or had a situation like his where they end up being pretty miserable. Let me uh, let me bore you again with Kim Philby stories because I'm so into Kim Philby, the world's greatest it. spy. When love he f- when he finally got caught and then was allowed to or either escape depending on whose story you believed, he escaped right. from Beirut and made it to the Soviet Union. Um British intelligence had finally figured out that they had a spy in their midst. He he got over there thought he'd be treated as a hero. He was put in this little crappy apartment and spent the next 30 years of his life there just as an old sad man with no attention or Right. Anything yeah. until he died. They got internet there. That sounds perfect. <laughs> <laughs> He's no longer useful. Yeah, and I wonder if Snowden's doing the same thing. Attorney General William Barr said in testimony before a Senate committee that he believes, "quote spying did occur against Donald Trump's 2016 presidential campaign." Here's how that part went down. I think spying on a political campaign is a big deal. I'm not suggesting that. Uh, those rules were violated, but I think it's important to look at that. And I'm not just—I'm not talking about the FBI uh, necessarily, but intelligence agencies more broadly. So you're not—you're not suggesting, though, that spying occurred. I don't. Uh, well, uh, I guess you could. I, I think there was a spying did occur. Yes, I think spying did occur. So uh, the crappy. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> the crappy news network was on in the lunchroom. Their headline is "Bar claims without evidence there was spying on the Trump campaign." I mean, that headline is just bizarre. Yeah, that's what. I mean, yeah. so listen, okay, and he later clarified. Well, surveillance certainly, yeah. and we're trying to figure out if it was justified. How can you claim that there was no surveillance or there was no evidence of surveillance? That's what the Mueller report was all about. CNN does suck. I'm not sure people should chant it at rallies, but it they, they it's terrible. It's an embarrassment. Barr was telling uh, Senator Lindsey Graham that he did share the South Carolina Republicans' concern that there wasn't a good reason to open up a counterintelligence in- <clears throat> investigation against a presidential candidate and that the Trump campaign was not briefed on the probe. Barr saying, I just want to satisfy myself that there was no abuse of law enforcement or intelligence power. Sure, and Lindsey Graham made the point yesterday that um, why wouldn't why didn't they tell Trump? The normal operating procedure in this would be, hey, we think we got something. They're trying to get to somebody in your, so we're we're going to listen in on them and try mm-hmm. to figure this out. They kept him in the dark on that. They thought maybe he was to, in on it. According to Lindsey Graham, that's not usual behavior. Right, right. 
In a few years, there could be a hormone-free birth control pill for women and men. Thanks to some Berkeley scientists, a team at Your Choice Therapeutics Lab at UC Berkeley has been developing a new hormone-free birth control that is not, again, just for women. We get birth control nailed down right at the point that human beings have stopped having sex. <laughs> Unlike traditional birth control pills, it doesn't prevent... That's se- ironic, like rain on your wedding day. <laughs> Like the fly in the Chardonnay? (laughs) Exactly. It doesn't prevent ovulation. Instead, it targets sperm, preventing them from reaching the egg. Therapeutics hopes to be able to release its over-the-counter drug in 2025. Teaches sperm to play video games, and they just lose interest. (laughs) My personality's always been my best birth control. (laughs) There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting a Getty show, The Conscience of the Nation. So, I was just mystified by this harshly critical email we got, and I want to read it to you and see if uh, see what you think. And you said it speaks to youth or something? Oh, no, I think it speaks to the bubbles in which we all live. The well, bubbles in which we live. Well, okay. you live. I don't live there. You don't live in a bubble? I don't live in a damn bubble. I'd like to live in a bubble. I'm with Sean. How do I get one of these pulled up in an embassy or locked away in an apartment? How do I get this, how do I get this gig? Who do I got to supposedly wrong to end up with this life. (laughs) Just tell me. (laughs) Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Down in sweet Who is going to play Elizabeth Holmes in the new Hulu miniseries called The Dropout about her life? Oh, boy. Kate McKinnon from Saturday Night Live. Oh, nice. Now, is she going to take a serious turn or are they going to do a humorous, a humorous version of my story? Oh, I have a feeling she'll just be acting. You think she's going to take a serious sense, role? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That would be a, a new twist. Yeah, why not? She's oh. going to do voice? you got to do the voice. Oh, of course, yeah. I'm available to be the stunt double. <laughs> yeah, Sean could, uh, you know, overdub it as necessary. Mm-hmm. She can't get the voice done, down. So listen to this. I find this so interesting. Uh, uh, come for the, the sincerity, some might even say uh, vehemence of this, and, and stay for... Some irony, I think. It's Chris wrote us this email. Fascism on the rise? Question mark is this topic. Hey, boys. The number one tool of the fascist is lying and deceit, chaos, and attacking the press. The theory goes, if you have your own facts and I have mine, there is no truth. Therefore, we cannot have an honest debate. I see you have taken this to heart. Trump promised to release his tax returns after the election. Um, I don't, did he? I don't know. No, I don't think he did. He said he couldn't because he was under audit. He would release them after the auditing process was done, which that's, was a silly excuse. Yeah, that's a dodge. Yeah, it's absolutely a dodge. It's, it's, but, I, he did say, I will release them after the audit, but the, he clearly is going to claim they're under audit forever. So. so, Chris, now, point number one, having called us fascists or would-be fascists, I just think you're wrong. He didn't say he would release them after the election. He said he'd release them after the audit was done. 
Again, a weak dodge and an excuse, but you're just wrong. He did not campaign on not releasing them. You, in all bold now, you are actually lying about the, about the facts. I think what people mean is that that was such a weak dodge, everybody knew it, and it was so well publicized. American voters got the chance to decide, are we going to elect somebody who is clearly unwilling to release his taxes? That's what we meant, Chris. I don't think that makes us guilty of fascism. Reading on. The AG already investigated the surveillance on Trump and found no evidence of wrongdoing. I don't think that's correct. He might mean the inspector general? Who looked into it, and I can't remember the conclusion, but it was a non-conclusory conclusion, as I recall. Um, uh, and found no evidence of wrongdoing, although the surveillance turned into three indictments. But the AG found no wrongdoing. Again, I don't think he means AG. I think he means IG, and I don't think he's right on the facts. I'm also impressed by your pursuit of local state corruption, but you do not cover all the federal corruption. You actually defend it. This is another misrepresentation by you of the facts. Keep spreading the lies and undermining our democracy. You make Putin proud. (laughs) I take pleasure in you flushing all your morals and everything you stand for down the toilet as you try to normalize Trump's corruption and despicable behavior. Attacking a dead war hero. No, he said that was awful. Chris, I think either you have a hearing problem, uh, some sort of memory problem, or you just suffer from excessive vehemence. I think you're wrong on most of your facts. Uh, But feel free. I mean, check them out if you like and get back to us. Uh, Ironically, given your accusation that we're fascists, which is not only hilariously inaccurate, but kind of played, dude. Calling everybody you disagree with a fascist is just kind of pathetic these days. But we'd be more than delighted in continuing the conversation if you'd like. Um, More text coming in on the homeless story, man. This story just constantly, well, depending on where you live, but if you live in a city that's got the homeless problem, you run into it every single day of your life. It's a crisis. Oh, never, it's no never doubt. mind the border. It's a crisis in the cities and metro areas of particularly the West Coast. I've seen all three documentaries related to Seattle homeless. There but for the grace of God, demon at the door, and Seattle is dying. I'm a fr- frequent visitor to Seattle, and my son and family live there. It's a horrific scene everywhere you look in downtown and along the freeways, off ramps, you name it. 90% of the homeless problem is addiction. Uh, so, And the one documentary says 100%. So none of these people have the ability to take care of themselves, even if you give them a house. Must-see videos, very well done. Shows you all you need to know. Solutions would involve radical steps that you will never get people to agree with in Seattle or maybe anywhere else that would take radical steps. You would have to force people into mental hospitals or if it's mostly drug addicts, as seems to be the case in Seattle anyway, you'd have to force people into rehabs. Right. Are we willing to do that? And if we're not... Okay, let's grow up now. Now what? Well, if you have no services for people who are just junkies by choice or trustafarians or idiots or bad decision makers, they will be forced into various programs and or employment or or cleaning up their act. Okay, well, actually mentally ill. Well, I have no problem with tax money going to help those no, people. No, that's fine. Although it's it's incredibly expensive and difficult to, yep. to to even figure out what's wrong, let alone come up with a treatment. So yep. you have to realize what you're biting off there. But um, but for the for the you know addicts or drunks or whatever, I just I don't I don't what you think's going to happen. 
I wish I wish people would be more on it. I don't know. I've been, like I said, I've, I've been to city council meetings. I've been involved in some of these conversations with a bunch of different people at the Chamber of Commerce and cities and talking to cops and all kinds of stuff because of, of where I live. I, I, I think people just have too rosy an opinion of rehabs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. As you've made the point many times, if you are seriously interested in cleaning up your act and you go through a rehab program, your chance of succeeding is pretty low. Oh, real low. Yeah. Like, in many cases, single digits. Yeah. Like, really low. Because it's a really, really hard thing. So, it, and that sucks. Yeah. But if there's nothing on God's green earth that has been invented yet that will that is better than that, what do you want to do? Why are you taking my money? And why are you letting them just lay around in the street and harm that business and scare my kid and make it uncomfortable to walk down the sidewalk? To soothe or whatever. their own consciences. That's why they do How it. does that soothe your conscience? I don't understand. Well, because, well, listen, here's part of it. Culture is so important and, and so little understood by a lot of people, I think. But, like, the culture in ISIS is if you're even the wrong kind of Muslim, or you a step outside the line and they'll saw your damn head off. I mean, that's a heck of a culture. Nope. Well, we're privileged to have people listening around the country, all over the world, um, via the interwebs. But um, on the West Coast in particular, and a couple of eastern cities, but mostly just the West Coast, a culture has arisen of all compassion, and compassion's in quotes, all compassion and no realism, no real, no discipline, no insistence that people act like human beings. It's a culture of nothing but compassion. And you get to divide into groups of, are you a good person or a bad person? If right. you're on the compassion side, you're a good person. If you're not, you're a bad person. And you don't dare speak out and say, um, I think this is a terrible thing, because then you're a bad person and, and suffer terrible social consequences. So there's no room for... Uh, I think it'd be great to help, but none of your solutions will do anything. Right, right. So it's a culture of always doing your kids' homework for them, you know, societally speaking. Um, Never punishing them because you feel bad. Never taking away a privilege or putting them in a timeout. You know, it's, you know, never uh, letting your dog bite people and jump on them, whatever. Just never, no practicality, all compassion and it's yielding just terrible results um but it, it takes a long time before the social shaming gets kind of shoved back by the the disgusting reality and people finally wake up to what they've done but i tell you what that culture we're talking about is so entrenched in in particular seattle portland i'm working my way north to south san francisco uh, to some extent, like San Jose, Silicon Valley, to some extent in San Diego, um, it's 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 amazing to watch. It's a giant social experiment. Oof. Well, where's it end? I wonder how it ends. Try not to step on any needles. I think I know how it ends. I, I, it's going to be tough though because the courts, because of the way the courts handle it. But yeah. people are getting fed up with it, even in a lot of so-called compassionate cities. Right. Um. Where, where there are enough people saying, "All right, look, I can't go to the park." I can't, you know, I can't run a business because customers won't come in. Yeah. You know, so there's enough people. But boy, the, boy, you're right about the courts. But if the courts won't let you do anything, what do you do? Was it a circuit court ruling? Was it the ninth? I can't remember who ruled that. Um, it was a pretty high level judge, though, ruled that, yeah, any like anti vagrancy ordinances or anti camping ordinances uh, beyond a very narrowly drawn couple, they're just, they're infringements on people's rights. So if somebody's literally 
pooping and sleeping in front of your business and scaring your customers, screaming at them, whatever, it's practically impossible to do anything now, which is just, well, society's See, breakdown. I, so I think the only thing you could do in your town or your county or wherever you live is eliminate the magnet of all the programs. Yes. I think that's the only thing you could do and have them move to one of the towns where they give out, for instance, in Seattle, a billion dollars worth of whatever they're giving out. Right. $80,000 per homeless person in whatever it is. Right. Welcome to Free Adult. The towns it's that have an enormous magnet. The towns that have the most programs have the most homeless people. That's yep. not an accident. Right. So you got to be a town that you don't give that stuff out. I think that's your only choice. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Make it hostile to bums in every and, single way you can. And that's uh, there's no political will for that in a lot of places. Mm, yeah. No. No, there there's more than enough in most places. Oh yeah. Most places have held on to their sanity, but not, you know, Cal Unicornia. And it's it's uh, brethren up and down the West Coast. Must be something about the wind coming off the Pacific or something. I don't know. So Jeff Bezos, richest man in the world, says market research doesn't help. He's speaking about the Echo, saying here's here for instance is a product no customer was looking for. This is definitely just coming up with it on our own. If you had gone to a customer in 2013 and said, would you like a black always-on cylinder in your kitchen about the size of a Pringle can that you can talk to and ask questions? I guarantee you people would have said no thank you. Right. I thought that was interesting. Indeed. People don't know what they want. Nope. Till you give it to them. Good and hard. Force it on them. Right. Take it. Take it. And then listen in to everything they do. In case of the echo. How soon will Julian Assange be in the United States? Like by the end of the day? or How soon will he be hanging? Wow. Highest tree. I don't think I heard anybody present a hanging as a possibility. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.